0: to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy!
1: Today, I would like to talk to you about the Moon. What is the Moon from the spiritual perspective?
0: At face value, the Moon is... um a companion planet for Gaia, planet Earth. That's at face value. When you're asking me what does the moon stand for, from the spiritual perspective, there are multiple different layers within that perspective. Yeah. Uh, one perspective is, like I said, the companion planet. And the specific types of energies that that companion planet shares with Gaia that um, Gaia needs at this point in time. Another layer to this relationship, and it is very much a relationship because every satellite planet, every moon, if you will, every companion planet, is also very much a partner for the planet that is um, it is attaching, choosing to attach itself to. And so that relationship is really, really important to factor in into the spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, It's how one and the other come in contact, the why that chose to transpire, and the outcome that brings about. And then another layer of spiritual perspective is the energy, right? Because everything is energy, obviously, right? So it might be interesting to explore the energy of the entity of the moon um, and the spirit that donated its spark to the moon and what it stands for. And then if you really want to take it a, a step further, we can look at that um, soul energy from the higher higher self perspective, which, you know, could make it really obvious to us why it chose to assist Gaia in in her journey.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good strategy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot. It's a layered question. That's yeah. why I'm like, you let me know what you want to do. I'm here for it.
1: Of course, we can start with the first one uh
0: sure just just experiencing like the companion yeah and um Uh well uh so i think to understand why things come together uh we need to understand that everything in in this world is interconnected right um everything in the solar system is incredibly interconnected. It's like living on the same street as far as humans are concerned. You know, the houses that are on the same street tend to have similar vibrations. Um, you know, you have rich neighborhoods, you have poor, na- poor neighborhoods, you have neighborhoods within I mean each neighborhood belongs to a particular country, uh, speaks a particular language more often than not, so there is a lot of similarities. And the same thing here. Obviously, the solar system is a very tight-knit structure, shall we say. And there, it's not a random structure. So every aspect of that system, every being, every planet, every asteroid, every um, even being within this grand ecosystem, meaning humans and animals, etc, share a particular vibration and they share a particular desire, if you will, or at least a part of their higher aspects share that particular desire. So nothing in this world is random. Even less random are the companion planets. Right. So from your perspective, um, you cannot fully understand uh, the mission of Gaia unless you also understand the mission of the moon. Right. Because technically they have a collective collective mission in some ways. Yeah. So uh, if you look at the solar system like any system, um, you're going to be looking at a third dimensional world. A third-dimensional, one of the characteristics of a third-dimensional world is division. Um, and specifically, in this in this case, division into masculine and feminine energies. Very much a characteristic of lower-dimensional worlds. With higher-dimensional worlds, there is division. But let's just say that it is a lot less pronounced and one flows into another a lot more seamlessly, right? Like in in the higher dimensions... Um, that division into masculine and feminine is a little bit more surface level. So it's um, it's like y- you can divide in that way, but things are a lot more androgynous upstairs, so to say. In low-dimensional worlds, there are not. And that is one of the reasons to even descend into these worlds and try to explore it. So if you look at the solar system, you have very, very strong masculine planets, and you have very, very strong feminine planets. You have different... Uh, facets of femininity within the solar system although if I say so myself the solar system is um, maybe about 80% masculine energies and only about 20% feminine energies in terms of how it was comprised so the fact that you are experiencing a patriarchal society is no coincidence uh, because that is what the solar system chose to experience the Milky Way, though, is a very different place. The Milky Way, the galaxy, is um, 80% feminine, only yeah. <laughs> 20% masculine. So you find yourself at a very peculiar cross-section where you are in a very, very small cluster of masculinity within a larger feminine body. But within that, you're the cluster of femininity. Does it make sense? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a small cluster of feminine within a larger cluster of masculine within a larger cluster of feminine. It's yeah. like a sandwich.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
0: So it's a little complicated not to, you know, um, not to take you away from the whole point of, of what I'm saying. But what's interesting, if you look at solar system, and that is the only way that you can understand the Gaia slash Loon, Luna, however you want to call the moon, doesn't really have a name in your language other than the moon, which is a shame, because it could have so many different beautiful names. Uh, but you cannot really fully fathom that relationship and why it came together unless you understand the the bigger picture, right? The bigger painting. Now the one of the ways that the Milky Way galaxy comes into its own completion. completion is when the flip into what, when the flip happens and the flip is masculine energies would need to flip into more feminine centric energies. So that would be the full completion of the Milky Way galaxy's uh, purpose, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, now different galaxies have different purposes and again not to we'll we'll start diving into the moon uh, in a second. I just want you to understand like how, how how it works. But as the galaxies evolve, they have a particular purpose right? So for the Milky Way galaxy, her purpose is to fool to turn 100% feminine. That's its purpose. That's what it was declared when that thing was established. Now you are in the solar system so a very very masculine, aspect of a very feminine galaxy that whose main desire is to flip its polarity right mm-hmm. so the purpose from that standpoint of the solar system is to flip highly masculine energies into feminine energies over time right mm-hmm. but at the same time right now you're in a very masculine state and When the flip happens, it tends to happen from one inception point. So it just happens so, just happens so, that within the solar system, it has been decided that the flip is going to start from the dichotomy of Gaia and the moon. Because they are, collectively, the strongest, like the entities with the strongest potential for feminine energy within the solar system. Mm. They're that first cluster, if you will. That is going. That has enough potential in it, enough momentum, enough dexter, enough everything, intuition, if you will, to start the great flip for the solar system. Now there are other beautiful feminine uh, energies. Um, For instance, Venus is a beautiful, beautiful feminine energy. Venus, however, doesn't have a moon, and thus it's not strong enough in its femininity to be able to be that point or axis around where the flip could happen Gaia does have a companion at one point it had more companions it had more than one moon at one point now they were destroyed um, moons and that's let, let let me actually start bringing it home for you so what you call a moon uh, in this particular instance right you're referring to a very particular planet but in general You know, most planets in your solar system have quote-unquote moons. That's why it's so confusing for this planet that you, you know, you see in the sky to not have a name. Yeah. Right? Because there are many, many companion planets. The reason companion planets exist, they're almost like a guide in some ways or a best friend or some type of relative, like a celestial relative you can think of, to the core planet that they come in contact with and come to support. Over the lifetime of a planet, there can be many moons for that planet, all during a particular period of that planet's existence. So moons technically come and go. New moons can be established. Old moons can be destroyed. They can be multiple moons. Uh, Jupiter and Saturn both have many, many moons. Both have many, many companions. Right. It tends to happen that planets with a higher density and higher mass have more uh, moons because the prerequisite for having a moon is having enough density and having enough of the magnetic pool to be able to hold that planetary structure in your vibration. Right. In your proximity on your orbit, so to say, around your orbit. Mm -hmm. Right. So Earth does have enough of that pool. Whereas some smaller planets like Mercury, for instance, it just doesn't, there is no, it's too small to be able to attract like a large satellite type of companion planet, right? So what's interesting about this particular moon that we're talking about, your companion planet, right? It has incredibly strong northering mother energies, very, very strong,
2: Hmm.
0: and it has chosen to support Gaia, which... If we look at both the aspect of the soul as well as the energies that they're bringing forth gaia is a little bit like an 18 year old girl if you if you think about the energies of planet gaia so it's more of a maiden energies whereas the moon is more of the mother energy archetype so the the entity that's sponsoring the moon the spirit that inhabits that satellite companion planet is wiser older and much more uh much less turbulent much more reliable if you will Mm -hmm. right so the energy of the mother is very nurturing like a good mother and we're talking high level cosmic mom not (laughs) necessarily if you if any of you and i apologize if any of you don't You know didn't get along with your mama don't think she was a great mother I'm like not talking about that very human perspective I'm talking about the great cosmic motherhood concept so the moon the way that you know the one that you guys see in the sky has very very strong motherly energies and those are the energies of containment also so nurturing being fully like fully being able to embrace the energy of her child which in this case is Gaia Right Now, it doesn't mean that Moon, as the planet, gave birth to um, planet Earth. It's a little bit more um, complicated than that, right? It's more the spirit of the Moon, the soul of the Moon, acts as the spiritual mother to the soul of Gaia, to the soul of planet Earth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. This is a relationship that these two souls, planets, entities, um, have had through many different galaxies many 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 different planet like incarnations as planets so that is just like their karmic cosmic relationship if you will they do it all the time and Gaia is the protege of the moon Gaia is you know on the path to master love in all its facets that's the mission of Gaia and one way that it's attempting to do that is by understanding the love between a mother and a child, being in the mother capacity. So from that perspective, Gaia chose the moon as its guide that would in like that she could learn from, borrow energies from, receive frequencies from and information and guidance anytime during its mm, journey, that is going to consist of millions of upon millions of years, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the moon fully committed and bought into that mission because it's an older spirit. And as an older spirit, at one point, your own evolution is no longer enough and you want to help other beings evolve.
2: Yeah.
0: That's really what it is. That's what what's in it for the moon. You know, it's how like kind of like a parent, not a parent, sorry, a teacher-student relationship. The teacher learns just as much from a good student as a good student learns from the teacher. And that is precisely what's happening in this dichotomy between moon and uh, Gaia. Hmm,
1: That's beautiful.
0: And not only that, uh, it's technically incorrect to say that the moon revolves around Earth. Technically, they have a common gravity center so it very much it's a relationship if the moon wasn't around the axis of of like planet earth would shift mm-hmm. you know polar pol- like uh poles are, it would be very different you know the angles and the degrees uh, of how like it revolves around the sun would be different because the moon really has that relationship um and like it impacts the earth quite a lot so it's actually a better um, idea to look and consider them as being in relationship with each other instead of thinking that you know one revolves around the other
2: mm-hmm. right yeah
0: so in this relationship it's just as much about Gaia as it is about the moon
2: hmm.
0: um, both are getting something out of it so it would be incredibly incorrect to think that one is always just in service of the other and while the mother is always, on some level, in service of her child, the role of the mother is so much deeper than just being in service of something that she, you know, is supporting.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's cool. And now by going into the energetic kind of uh, outlook, yeah, like, uh, is there a name that maybe some cultures have for the moon? Because you mentioned Luna. Oh, Luna. Well,
0: that's a Latin name. Uh-huh. Lu- Luna, yeah. la, la Lune. Yeah. You know, in French. So that's uh, uh, that's one name that um, the particular, you know, this particular incarnation of that spirit would choose to call itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are others. Um, Selena, Selene mm-hmm. would be uh, in the, the Selenite kind of like has this moon glow yeah stone uh-huh. that's that's another aspect um it's almost like the Greco-Roman pantheon um you know these will probably would be the two names that um you could you could Use. call mm-hmm. it yeah. yeah
1: okay that's cool
0: now of course it's not the name of a higher self of, of the the moon
1: yeah uh-huh yeah okay and uh, now going into the energetic um kind of meaning of the moon
0: by energetic do you mean how does it energetically support earth
1: yeah mm-hmm. I mean going deeper into the spiritual meaning like going to the next level I guess
0: so at, again let's start at face value at face mm-hmm. value um, the moon impacts all the liquids on planet earth one way or another mm. so it governs uh, liquids uh, being the Feminine principle being a very very strong feminine energy, um, it would govern that, you know, the water and uh, the like, the four elements of the water and the earth. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, so it impacts th- these two, and that is its domain. Um, the more obvious is tides, you know, like or you know, liquids in in the body as well. Uh-huh. Um, so that's the more obvious um, around, you know, high tide, low tide. Now, of course, the moon is not the only planet that impacts the waters on this planet, um, meaning the whole solar system does, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think of the solar system as it, it's like it, cosmos with like its own soup with like multiple ingredients that are floating in that soup, right? Every big ingredient is going to impact the entirety of the whole as well as each individual aspect Mm -hmm. right now that just wanted to put it out there because you know if the moon were to disappear the tides wouldn't disappear they would just become a lot less pronounced because the moon is the closest planet to the earth and thus its proximity really impacts the earth more so than all the other planets now of course also the mother and the daughter want to stay close to one another right Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really good and healthy relationship for the both of them. So they like to be neighbors, close neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's not this mother-daughter relationship where you want to move on, on you know, to the other part of the universe to only not see that person. Uh, so they 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 stick together. In terms of the energies and, and energetic exchange, um, the moon offers the sense of stability to Gaia energies. Gaia is a very young girl. She has a lot of potential. Um, I hope you forgive me that I would just use, you know, a very animate approach to the energies of Gaia. Like, I wouldn't necessarily refer to a planet as an it. I would refer to it as a she for this particular episode because I think that this would help you better understand the energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the dichotomy of those energies. So she's an 18-year-old. And she's a little bit in her rebellious stage still. Um, so it's a you know she she's very eager to build a path for herself Gaia also knows by the way of the larger plan for it right in the Milky Way galaxy so it's an 18 year old that has been born with uh, a big responsibility but also kind of like carries a little bit of a chip on her shoulder so it's like Look at me! I'm always perfect and wholesome and special, and I'm gonna turn this galaxy around. And here you are, right? So she's a little bit of an attitude, which is great. Like as an 18-year-old, right? You are meant to go through uh, maybe a stage of rebellion. Maybe you started at 14. Like it's it's all different, right? But you're supposed to. That's like you're part of coming into your power, right? Like how how are you gonna come into your power unless you stand for something? Try all these other things. So, you know, if we were to leave Gaia to her own devices, this would be a much, much, much more volatile planet. And when I say volatile planet, I mean just across the board. You'd have a lot more earthquakes. You'd have all kinds of volcanic eruptions. You would have all kinds of tsunamis and, vol- um, sorry, um, basically, I-, I don't know, all-, all kinds of like weird climate situations that you really have to a much lesser extent now you still have some right but and the reason that you do so is because the energy of the moon the energy of, uh, the energy of the luna is so wise and it's so accepting and forgiving that it's able to level out the the ebbs and the flows of her daughter mm. right yeah. so the moon really provides stability in this relationship, she's like the wise woman. You know, she has like, the aspect of the wise mother archetype, right? So, mother going into uh, crone, so like the mother going into uh, like the wise woman older type of archetype, and she's kind of seen it all, right? So she can hold space for Gaia to be able to go through her adolescent years. So Gaia doesn't destroy everything (laughs) that lives on her, so to say, Yeah, because it would break Gaia's heart. But also sometimes as as an adolescent, you do things that are really bad for you, you just don't know that they're bad for you, right? So the moon really uh, is like a level head and she does it with love, right? So it's a very forgiving energy. And so time and time again, and by the way, by the way, another thing to understand, right? You don't just become a mother without having gone through the maiden phase. So the moon has been there, done that. And that's why it comes to this relationship, bringing the fullness of that experience, the fullness of her. And that's why she's able to forgive freely, because at one point, the moon, like the energy that makes up the moon, was way more turbulent than Gaia has ever been. That she, Her phases were dark, <laughs> or she was like the rebel in any galaxy that, you know, at one point that she would like come. Huh. Um, and so she was able to master those energies. And so from the cosmic level, she is considered to be an incredible teacher for any being in its adolescence phase. It's kind of like being, being taught and being brought out by the rebel of rebels. <laughs> that has seen the light and like knows your struggle, but is not trying to be too perfect. If that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So these are the energies. Now, of course, the moon, outside of bringing nurturing, healing energies, it brings those nurturing and healing energies to Gaia herself and every living being. Right. So from that perspective, if you kind of think of um, every Gaia creation as her child, then that makes the moon everybody's grandma. Right. Yep. So whether you're human, whether you're a little, I don't know, animal, insect, plant, doesn't matter. Like the moon is your grandma. And I don't know if you uh, like the grandma archetype is actually really, really interesting on on this planet. It's a lot more soft, uh, a lot more welcoming and nurturing than the mother archetype on planet Earth. Yeah. So most of you actually really get along with your grandmas or just have at one point felt unconditional love from your grandma more so than you even did from your mom and the reason being is because unfortunately the state of motherhood in this planet reflects the Gaia and the state of great grandmotherhood is reflected by the moon does that Mm. make sense yeah Uh so that's why a lot of you feel closer to your grandma or if not if closer is the wrong um, the wrong way to put it maybe you've always felt unconditional love and acceptance from your grandma in the way that you maybe didn't from your mom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah. That being said, right, the moon is everybody's grandmother. Right? So it's there to nurture every single creation for Gaia by providing nurturing, level-headed support and unconditional love for every being on this planet as part of her commitment to her daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the energy. Yeah. Now, because the moon is... So we're talking about fem- feminine archetypes, right? The mother, uh, sorry, the maiden, the mother, the crone. Yeah. Like this three simple ones. On this arc, right, of feminine evolution, if you will, the moon is many steps ahead of Gaia. That being said, because you are a creation of Gaia, Your perception of the moon is going to be very similar to the perception of Gaia. And what I mean by that is because the moon is much wiser than Gaia, the energies of the moon are going to be to to stand for wisdom, are going to stand for intuition. And intuition is really nothing else other than experience. How do you think you're intuitive? Well, it's because you lived all of these lives. You've made all of these choices. You've really seen the movie so many times. And so intuition is a memory, honestly, is what it is. And that's why older souls have better intuitions. Younger souls don't, because you don't yet have a pool of memories to tap into. Hmm. Did it just open like a really, really big secret? Yeah, I <laughs> it's so funny this, because this, this, I'm like, <laughs> I'm watching you because obviously everything exists in the now. So anybody, who, everybody who's ever going to listen to this podcast, I've already just seen your reaction. Somehow this was a big insight. I'm glad this was an insight. I'm glad it was helpful. I just um, it's interesting that out of all the things that I said, <laughs> this caused such a stir. Um, it's truly really fascinating. So uh, that being said, right? The moon is a lot more intuitive because it's older and wiser compared to Gaia. So that's why in this relationship, it would always be a resource for all things intuition. And thus all things magic because magic in the arc of femininity is synonymous with the crone energies, the old sage woman. And the moon happens to be way closer on that arc to being the sage compared to the maiden Gaia, who is very far from it. Like really, <laughs> there's gonna be so many more years before we even start approaching that with Gaia. And hey, it's a beautiful place to be. A maiden is n- not worse than any other archetype. It's it just it's a particular place to be, right? Um, divine child is still a child. It's beautiful, and it's it's a gorgeous energy. And everybody has to pass through it. That being said, right? That's why you um, equate moon with. Magic, potentially, and rituals, and all these other things that or witchcraft, even all of these things that are historically associated with the crone aspect of the female journey, right? Again, yeah. because she's further along, and, and, um, and that means that she's a teacher uh, from this perspective. The moon is also the master of emotions, um, feminine in general being uh, a very receptive state is extremely prone to emotions but whereas you know the maiden is completely not in control of her emotions doesn't really understand doesn't really need to doesn't really know how to cater to her whims the moon is a master of emotions which doesn't mean that you know when I say a master of emotions I don't mean controlling suppressing and reducing that's the opposite Of the master of emotions the moon is able to receive and give things freely which means emotions as well the moon is a great teacher from that perspective of being very much in tune with your emotions and instead of burying them somewhere deep if it's a negative emotion that comes like the moon has enough wisdom to know that this too shall pass it's like the tide and that's why it's able to be with that emotion instead of burying it deep inside of the body somewhere to create trauma and stuck and blocked energy right mm, that's another yeah. service so there is a common refrain around like the moon being the master the master of mistress of emotion in the way that Gaia is not now at the same time you know it heightens emotions in others if something needs to be exposed the moon is really good at exposing those emotions That's why romance, for instance, and serenades and all of that is done under the moon. Like if somebody is in love, that is, you know, how often do you talk, uh, do you hear about serenades under the sun? (laughs) I mean, not a lot because it's not like what, like the sun doesn't inspire you to fall in love. Like it inspires you for to achieve, to, you know, to act, to do something, build something, create something. Maybe love is a domain of the divine feminine, right? So, serenades under the sun, romance, it's all more like connected with the moon energies. Or, um, well, they also say that a lot of crime actually happens around the full moon, right? Full moon is when the moon is at its strongest for many, many reasons, right? It's like its most potent state of the moon, which means that it's its most potent state to be able to impact Earth, is full moon, right? Mm-hmm. When that happens, if you are going through something emotional, you might feel those emotions being heightened because the moon is also being the mirror.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: And that is why a lot of passion type of crimes are created or committed, should I say, during the full moon. Or, you know, that's why, like, you know, full moons are associated with lunacy or lunatics and going crazy. It's like, and going crazy is actually just... Is just the simple act of not being able to handle your emotions is an emotional overload, is insanity, is what it is. People who are able to master their emotions would never, never be crazy. Do you know how the opposite of crazy is then is Zen?
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because Zen mastered the emotional state, not suppressing it, mastered it. Whereas the crazy hasn't. And huh. it overfilled your cup. It's like the cup that has so much. That it's overflowing that's it it needs to go somewhere right yeah so that's the crazy wow um i would say this is like a decent stab at like the like the overall overview of like the different um energetic aspects of of the moon in that relationship unless yeah. you wanted to ask for, for something specific
1: Um, So I just wanted to maybe understand how it affects um, uh, people on this planet. I mean, you already explained some things, right? But does it mean that it helps you understand emotions? Like, what's the relationship between people and the moon?
0: Yeah. Okay. So I can tell you a couple of things. The relationship that humans currently have with the moon and the relationship that humans could have with the moon and maybe should arguably have with the moon are two different relationships. So Mm. they're not even in the same universe, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: then maybe we can briefly cover both. Yes.
0: So basically, because... The moon governs all emotion and governs all the water. So on the physical level, gov- governs all the liquid in your body. Liquids in your body, from water to blood to lymph uh, to well. I mean, I guess these are the main ones. Oh, yeah. Um, so pretty much, all of the liquids in your body are at the mercy of the moon and could be calibrated according to the moon, right? um this means a few different things um you are whether you know it or not are reacting to the phases of the moon at least to some degree and the modern society right the modern society has created all kinds of traps shall i say that prevent you from fully connecting with these energies that is why and that is like you know, like, the one thing I need to know about this planet, specifically the state of feminine on this planet, and, and like how much of a, like, how um, long of a way we still need to go, is if I just, if I just look at feminine periods, right? I mean, not to be squirmish, but it's an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, there's supposed to be two major cycles when women bleed, the white moon and the red moon. There's just supposed to be two. So either you should bleed on the new moon or you should bleed on the uh, full moon with, with, and there's like the um, the ninety ten rule in this case, not the 80-20, but like 90% of women, give or take, should bleed on the new moon and about 10 or 5 to 10, which makes it 90 to 95 right prior, should bleed on the um, full moon. And basically the difference between the two, and we're not going too deeply into it, but the women that bleed on the full moon, which is also called the red moon, are your shamans, priestesses, seers, witches. you know, the ones that are in the knowing, the ones that represent the crone archetype, the crone archetype, the wise woman. Yeah. So they, you know, they're in their most powerful when the moon is full, which is, so they're like, their most powerful is correlated with the moon's most powerful. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. the rest of humanity is supposed to bleed on the new moon, which is really the um, just the aspect of fertility, because um, you know that that's how um, it's basically just um, an agreement that you can bear children. What ends up happening though around this planet is that there is no rhyme or reason to how women bleed, and in fact, you guys bleed every day of the month. In equal measure. And that is how I know that the relationship between moon and humanity is really, really direly broken. Because I should not be seeing this trend. And the reason that this happens is multifold, right? So women are just like, you know, a litmus test of society. Because women are supposed to be the number one like energy connected to the moon on this planet. In the same way that men are supposed to connect to the sun. Now, of course, both are supposed to connect to each. You're supposed to have a relationship with the sun and the moon whichever gender you are but it's almost like an unforgivable sin for the women to not be connected to the moon as well as for the men to not be connected to the sun because it's like why (laughs) what else you got if you can't get this right like excuse me um anyhow that's not the case and the reason that's not the case is because you guys are not following any of the natural cycles you guys are not following the the winter summer cycle You guys are not following the day-night cycle, hello, electricity, hello, caffeine, energy drinks, alcohol. All of that is messing up your biorhythm. Hello, prescription drugs messing you up in more ways than one, right? All of that is messing up with your natural flow of hormones. Also, technology, not to say, but truly messing up your, uh, like, melatonin production, sleep cycles, circadian rhythms, all of it, right? So you guys are in the step society, I hate to say this, from the standpoint of being in tune and in alignment with the natural energies of the universe. Being able to be in alignment with the natural energies of the universe feels like being in the flow, which is almost like the absolute most common phrase in spirituality, just be with the flow, be in the flow, like what's wrong with you? Well, you're not as a society and really the only definition of being in the flow is understanding the the rhythm of the universe around you and singing in unison with that rhythm in your body. And that is the greatest mystery, it turns out, for the modern day human. So when we're talking about how, like, what does the relationship with the moon look like what should it look like the relationship with the moon especially for women but also for men because this is the closest celestial body to planet earth is the relationship that can become the anchor relationship that would bring you closer to the flow the state of flow what is the state of flow the state of flow from at face value again like going from your perspective would feel like Things working out in your favor, you being at the right place in the right time, you getting what you want, always, fast and without much effort, you never having to do an uphill battle, things coming your way instead of you having to chase, pursue, uh, and, you know, do all the whole blood, sweat, and tear situation, right? That is what being in the flow feels like. Also, you know what happens when every single human being is on the flow on this planet? the energy, that feminine energy that we're supposed to flip into is going to take full hold. And that's going to be that flip state from which it's like, it feels like a domino effect, but only imagine, you know, and I, I, you know, like when you guys talk about the domino effect, you imagine one single line of dominoes, but nothing is linear in cosmos. Rather, energy emanates in all different frequencies in all different directions. The domino effect that I'm talking about would be imagine like the the dominoes are starting to fall. But like this little cluster, this point in time is like the sun and the um, and the rays from the sun come in every which way direction, right? Like the sun doesn't just shine linearly. It shines everywhere all around it. So that domino effect trigger of taking something from a masculine energy into the feminine energy is, uh, is going to um, start as a domino effect in all of these directions mm-hmm. all at once. Mm-hmm. Super beautiful. Kind of feels like a little bit of, um, I don't know, like an atomic bomb only from the positive connotation. If yeah. there is like a positive connotation in your world. Uh, to an atomic bomb explosion, which I don't, I'm failing to find, but let's pretend it existed. Um, yeah, so basically, the challenge is to try to get in the flow. And one of the ways that you do that, right, because I'm sure that as I've been describing the state of the flow, what I noticed is like a lot of you took like an out breath because that is what the flow feels like. It's like surrender. But not surrender to the dire circumstances, but surrender to the goodness of all that is and the best possible outcome for you and everybody else. That's why it feels so good in your body when you think about flow, state of flow, is the unobstructed receiving and unobstructed, unobstructed sharing, the giving and the taking in complete unison. Well, you get things just because you're meant to get things, not because you fought hard or took them from someone, right? It's the opposite of zero-sum game. That's the flow. So the moon can be the great teacher for you to be able to achieve and attain that flow. And the way you get there is by connecting to its cycles. And even if you just connect to two aspects of the moon, right, every two weeks is a check-in point new moon full moon even if you just do that you're going to be infinitely more anchored into the fabric of this reality this solar system and this galaxy that you've ever experienced in your life so if you want to achieve flow you don't need to meditate for three hours a day and you don't need to eradicate every negative thought in your head and you don't need to only eat a raw diet (laughs) Or whatever else you've been trying to do to become in the flow, to get into that flow state. You need to just connect to the cycles of the moon. Because that is your first step, that first anchor. If you do that, then little by little, all the other alignments are going to start happening for you. Whether you want it or not. Because again, it's that first domino effect is connecting anchoring into the power of the moon.
1: Yes, so that's super interesting. And now I really want to understand what it means to be in alignment two times a, w- a month, like every two weeks. Well, what does it mean? New moon, full moon, just knowing that it's happening. Like just checking that, oh, today is the full moon, today is the new moon.
0: Yeah, I would say that there's definitely no right or wrong reason, by the way. Uh, not Not reason, way, should mm-hmm. I say. Uh, there are many different ways you could do that. But it's definitely... So... Connecting with... I, l- let's just take a deeper dive maybe into the new moon energies, into the full moon energies. Yes. And really understand what they stand for. Because they're not very flat energies at all. And if I try to position them as such... I would be doing you a disservice because those are very rich energies. And by rich, I mean complex. And by complex, I mean multifaceted. So meaning there is a range of energies within each. And depending on your own personal evolution, your personal soul journey, and the age, so to say, of your soul, you are going to experience these two aspects of the moon very differently. Just putting it out there. There is no one way that everybody perceives those two states
2: hmm
0: yeah so obviously there are calendars um you would know exactly which which day is the new moon or the full moon what is the new moon what does it mean at face value the new moon is the dark side of the moon as in you don't see anything in the sky because as we know the moon only reflects light right the moon is not the Sun right that's why the moon is called the great mirror it's it's because it's a reflector right the dark side of the moon because of that which is the new moon is perfect for a few different things so when I said earlier connecting and anchoring yourself into those energies would mean potentially a 10-minute check-in, like a meditation, at night, right? Ideally, I mean, uh, ideally where the sky is visible to you. If you can do it outside, even better. If you can't, you can't. That's fine. But basically, new moon is a couple of different energies. New moon is, and the dark side of the moon, is the moon least affected by the sun, from the perspective of the earth the way that transpires is the moon is positioned between the Sun and earth which means that you from your perspective cannot see light being reflected of the moon that's why you only see its dark side that's why its darker emanations are going to impact the planet the most in that time so for some of you this is what you were and, and that's the one part You cannot just connect to the moon by looking at the moon and like saying, okay, my, my work is done here. What you're going to have to do is connect within and understand what the cycle brings for you. Because one aspect and listening to yourself, like listening truly to what's going on internally. For some of you, during the new moon phase, what you are going to want to do is withdraw. Kind of like experience the hermit period. For like a day or two. Like being your shell as much as possible. Is what this moon is calling you to do. Introspection. Understanding yourself. If you're going through some trauma. Allowing yourself. To be in those vibrations. To work through it. So it's powerful healing energies. The healing can be in it's most potent state. During the moon state. During the new moon state. What's good for the new moon? Baths essential oil baths so lavender cedarwood lemon essential oils all are really really good for the detox kind of like winding down low pressure point so for a lot of you don't push yourself so hard when you're trying to connect with the new moon energies this is not a time to push yourself because the new moon is like winter in, in terms of like if you guys are thinking about the energies of the year, right? So it is the opposite of being in massive action, right? So that's part of the new moon energies.
1: It's the same for men and women, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the question, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big enough celestial uh, entity that it would impact everybody the same way. What you think men don't need their hermit time? Or don't need baths? No, I mean... What's you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> no, just double checking.
0: Yeah, there are, in the same way that women get to work with the energy of the sun, men get to work with the energy of the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In all of your astrological charts, there is both. Right? Yeah. So if men were unaffected by the energy of the moon, that wouldn't be the second planet that was placed in astrological charts. <laughs> that would just not have happened. Right. Yeah. Also, if you're a guy, you still have a mother and you probably, a lot of you have a significant other that's a woman. So you do get impacted by the moon energies because half of you is your mom energy, at least by default initially. Right. And um, so there you have it. She gets affected by the moon, whatever energy God copy pasted into your body from her contains that energy and then your wife or your female companion she gets affected by the moon more often than not and more than she cares to admit to herself so you're going to get impacted by the moon not only internally through how like your personal relationship but your mother's relationship to the moon and your partner's relationship to the moon Hmm. so make no mistake if you're a guy listening to this the moon power is real in your life.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because 100% of you have a mother.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I, would, I would make that uneducated guess. Okay. So new moon energies. Um, it's also a potentially good time to plant the seeds and intentions. That's what they'll tell you. And the reason is because the new moon is the reckoning, is the grand reckoning, is the... the looking back and and looking at what you have accomplished and being you know and making decisions based on that right so the new moon could be a really really lucrative time for journaling and analyzing things that have happened now the good news about this is that you can start from scratch every new moon so you know and you know the average moon cycle is what like 28 days give or take A little longer than that, 29. So you get a start over every month, pretty much, on your whole life, right? Because every new moon brings that, like, let's flip the page. It's a new page. Let's start from scratch type of energy. So if you feel like you have been holding on to something, you know, the new moon is a perfect time to release, let go, shed layers, give things up, break up with people. (laughs) Hmm. Leave your jobs, um, quit things that you've always hated, even quit old habits, actually, and establish new ones. So really cut the cords, cut the ties with anything that's no longer serving you. And I challenge you to do that exercise every month. You would thank me later if you actually do do that exercise, like doing a tally of the, all the things that don't serve you every month, because a lot of you only do that if you were lucky once a year prior to making New Year's resolutions, which is also the absolute wrong time of the year to do that because you need to be making New Year's resolution on March 21st, the first day of spring, not the dead of winter for them to be effective. But that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. That being said, the reckoning should happen every month because the cosmic reckoning happens for Gaia every month with her mom yeah Gaia kind of sits down with the moon her mother every month during the phase of the new moon and they do the reckoning of everything that has happened and everything that her daughter is feeling and all the good stuff and the bad stuff and they rewrite the future and so should you you should take that moment in time to start being in the flow right which is again like if you only were to connect into the larger cosmic energies your life would be so much easier you wouldn't have to struggle so hard look at how hard you guys are struggling You know, all of you, each of you listening to this podcast right now is struggling with something, which is a shame. You're not meant to. That's not the purpose. And that's not how Divine Feminine works. You're not meant to struggle. You're meant to be in the state of bliss. That's the intention that Gaia has for you. And that is where she's taking you with all she has. So that's the new moon energies, right? So planting the seeds, doing the reckoning, the tally, the good, the bad, the ugly, giving things up.
1: So can you give just a quick example of what you can write so we can better understand?
0: Well, f- first you need or to like, write. Like should you burn
1: it, like anything? Or no, no, just no. First you would
0: it? write um, yeah. kind of like a recap, almost yeah. of the last month. What happened? Yes, and you the want the good and the bad. Yeah, you'll be like, well, I'm really happy with this aspect of my life. I'm really grateful for this aspect of my life. I struggled with X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or I felt like I was blocked here or stuck there. Or like I experienced a lot of pain in regards to this, that or the other thing. Right? And then you could even make a list of things that you think are serving you and no longer serving you. Right? What's no no longer serving you? How do you know that something is not serving you? You would tend to know it because it either stopped, it used to give you a positive emotion and no longer does so, or actually is giving you an actively negative emotion. That That is like, these are the two signs, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to uh, look at people in your life because people is the fr- number one thing you should look at. Everybody that surrounds you, right? Are there relationships that used to bring you so much joy but no longer are? Write them down. What are the things that these relationships are bringing you? They bring you sorrow? Do you feel like you know, your vibrations are going down? Do you feel like you, the energy is being sucked out of you? Right? So like the first ones to... Like any shifts in relationships that you want to point out. Right? Um, the same way, like, is anybody causing you negative emotion? As far as people are concerned. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. the people. Um, I would explore so explore your health health you know uh, is, is an area that you definitely want you want to do a tally of. health vitality energy wellness however you want to look at it right did you feel fully vital in your body is something hurting you you know things like that you probably want to explore you know some of the more ob- obvious aspects of your life such as you know your job your career the money right the security like all of that kind of like is, is one pile um, you want to explore and you know one way to do that now that I'm looking at a framework and I don't know this might be too complicated of a framework but you could also explore you know it by chakras right so like um, you know what's serving me what's not serving me on the level of its chakra so if you want to look at the red level like you want to look at security right Um, then the orange you want to look at your creativity and sexuality the yellow you want to look at your personal power and identity the green is love and relationships blue is communications uh, and self-expression you know violet uh, third eye is intuition connection with the the, uh, kind of like guidance Um, etc and then you know the crown is connectedness to the higher being the Mm. the great cosmic father mother energies yeah Uh, now this might be too complicated for some depending um so you definitely want to explore basically all areas of your life and look at the things that serve you and don't serve you right so first do like a journal entry and then um Figure out what are the things that no longer serve you that you're ready to shed and that you're ready to give up. And it could be, honestly, like I recommend to give up at least one thing every new moon. One thing that no longer serves you. Like literally making it into a habit. And it could be as simple as, um, it could be like decluttering your closet or your um. People declutter their, their closets, but you know what they don't declutter? Is they're like um, old plates and cutlery and cups for some reason. I'm seeing like at planetary level, you guys are really bad at decluttering that. Just get yourself a new set of plates, for God's sake, if they no, no longer serve you. Seriously, give yourself that permission. Just because this one's not broken doesn't mean it's making you happy. And that is a big distinction to make. Cut out the things that no longer make you happy, that used to. Because those are old energies. You've moved on, people. You're ready for some new frequencies. So claim them. New moon is the time to claim them, right? Hmm. It could also be, you know, if you're going to give one thing up, take on something new. Take on something fun. It doesn't mean, by the way, because New Year's resolutions, like, the one reason you guys hate them so much is because you are trying to torture yourself into commitments that are really, really hard to keep. that You don't want to keep, not really, because it's all about, like, losing weight and, you know, I don't know, uh, really becoming serious about building your company or something. Like, all the things that you guys perceive as a chore or, like, becoming healthy or working out every day. Oh, my God. All of those, like, I just don't like the energy of New Year's resolutions. There I said it. Um, That's why a new moon, like, you can change that. Like, adopt a pleasurable habit. Something that's good for you but feels good. I don't know like drinking a smoothie with strawberries something that serves you some some somewhere where you're like your soul goes to relax and escape the pressure I don't know a spa day something that serves you for the greater good because yeah. what's good for you is 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 good for for all just it's so interconnected so these are the energies of the new moon do you feel like you still have questions around it?
1: no no No? it's clear
0: okay Okay.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um and then full moon so full moon is interesting because on the one hand full moon right is like this bright full moon in the sky you guys all know it perfect time to do moon bathing moon bathing is basically just basking in the energies of the moon (laughs) with I'm going to say something that is just really funny. Wearing as little clothes as possible. That's moon bathing. (laughs) Because you're not going to bathe in your tub wearing a fur coat. Um, Now, easier said than done for colder climates. So even if you're just moon gazing and connecting with your eyes, that's fine. You can wear clothes if you want to. It's just more impactful when the moon can also touch your skin. Um, Full moon is when the moon is most activated. Because um, basically... It's fully emanated by the sun. That's why you're seeing it as a reflector in its full force. Rituals for full moon, outside of moon bathing and moon gazing, are gratitude. Now, arguably, arguably, like, um, the... Um, so there is, like, two... You know, there's the new moon and the the full moon. And then there are, like, how we get from one to the other, right? The period from the new moon to the full moon is called the waxing moon. It's for all things to grow, right? It's kind of like the moon is growing up from non-existence to its full power, right? So if you have come to the full moon and you have nothing to be grateful for, you're doing something wrong with your life. That's why full moon is a time for gratitude. Because what you want to really center yourself around on the full moon is a gratitude exercise. Literally write down all the things you're grateful for. Down to a T, as many as possible. Because this is when the energy of gratitude is is being multiplied by the cosmic energies. This is again what being in the flow feels like. Feeling gratitude during the full moon is the most natural state of a human being. So if you don't feel gratitude on the full moon, you are broken. So you need to, (laughs) even if you don't feel grateful, just write the words down. I'm so grateful to be alive. I'm so grateful for, I don't know, to have a paycheck. I'm so grateful that what surrounds me, I don't know, that there is the sun and the moon and the stars and, and nature and whatever else right? Make things up if you don't feel gratitude. Like you really need to get yourself out of the ungrateful state. Because too, too many humans live their life taking things for granted. And energy, especially like energy is not being, is not meant to be taken for granted. It's meant to be taken and then released, taken then released, you know, with a greater good in mind. But Gratitude is how you pay back for things that are freely given to you. And that, in essence, launches the, the new cycle of you receiving, right? Gratitude, being gratitude, is the energy of receiving. So full moon is perfect for receiving of all kinds. So you might notice, if you are starting to connect with this the moon flow, and the flow of the universe at large, you would notice that some of the most unexpected things, like gifts in your life, happen around full moon. I don't know, like an unexpected win. You won something. Um, y- you got a sum of money or a gift or something that, you know, it could be physical. It could be, uh, I don't know, somebody's offering you a compliment as a gift or a hug as a gift, you know all of these things are going to transpire for you during the full moon stage because that is like one of the ways that you complete the arc of the moon the cycle of going from new to full is uh, the cycle from setting an intention during new moon and seeing that intention transpire and come back to you during the full moon it's i mean in the in the state of flow manifestation is that fast right yeah yeah So the energy of gratitude, you also want to really, really, really be present to your emotions. Um, Emotions during the full moon are indicators of your future and your frequency. So the day of the full moon, you want to write down the, the three emotions. Today, I feel like one, two, three. These are the biggest indicators of your future because full moon is like the harvest moon it manifests itself it's the moon in its fullness it's a moon's most potent state which means that it will make itself known one way or another in your life today or in the cycle that it jump starts right so what do you want to do with these emotions if it's great emotions if you like these emotions amazing if you're seeing something in there that is a negative emotion you really want to be careful with that you really want to probably pay attention to that negative emotion because chances are, if this emotion has not been rooted in you, it's going to become rooted and ingrained in you. So if you want to change that emotion, first you have to change the thought. Because you change the thought, you change the feeling. So what you want to do is you want to uh, look at this negative emotion. Say it's, um, I don't know, an emotion of anger. You want to write down examples of thought forms, thoughts that you have that cause you to be angry. For example, I'm not being paid enough money or I don't have enough money to provide for my children. If that causes you anger or I don't know, I hate my boss. Maybe that gives you like because you're I don't know, you hate your boss and that gives you I hate my work or you hate your work yeah whatever that is right so you want to like look at the thoughts and then you know and then you're gonna have to make change and you only can make two kinds of change really because if you hate like you either can change the circumstance or you can change the thought form and both are very valid answers so for instance if you hate your boss you hate your work you, you, you know you don't make enough money there's always an option for you to get another job there's always an option for you to get another boss there's you know change the circumstance or if you don't want to change the circumstance then change the thought form around this issue right so you literally want to write down new thought forms for yourself around for instance if your statement is i hate my boss the statement should be my relationship with my boss is improving every day Maybe that's your statement, right? Or, I don't know, my boss is human and I have learned to get along with him. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever is that positive state, right? So you want to change your thinking. And you almost like want to write down those inverted thoughts, right? So change the negative into positive. Write them down and have them handy. So anytime you feel anger, you'll look at the positive thoughts that you should be thinking. And you would notice you'll be able to snap out of that emotion. So again, going back to the full moon. The full moon is an incredibly, incredibly lucrative time to deal with your emotional states and emotional trauma because the full moon is going to highlight your emotions so it is like a ripe soil for you to be able to address these things they make themselves known these emotions you might have buried them you know the anger might not even be something that you're either consciously aware of or you know you might not be aware of the strength of that emotion in your body the full moon would tend to make it known um yeah so again like be comfortable with receiving. Imagine if you're in a meditative state in sun ga- uh, not sun gazing, moon gazing, sorry, uh, or moon bathing. Imagine that in that moment, you're receiving everything you ever wanted. Imagine that your goals are right here. Imagine that you've already gotten everything you asked for. So you really want to spend at least five minutes in the state of receiving. Which is also the state of a divine child. Because remember, the moon is your mother grandmother energy, right? And it wants you to get everything that you want to get for yourself, right? So allow yourself to be in that divine child modality and just receive and be grateful for the act of receiving. I think that's, you know, a really, really good way to anchor in those energies.
1: That's really cool. And, um, how do you know that you have either good or bad relationship with the moon well like, is there a kind of test meditation it's
0: not that you either have a relationship with the moon or you don't it's not like anybody has a bad relationship like the only bad relation you can have with the moon is to not have a relationship yeah, with the moon. No, <laughs> yes, you're yeah no yes yeah um so well the first litmus test is do you even like the moon like, can you say in your heart of hearts that you like the moon? Like, really like the moon? Because if yes, then you have a good relationship with the moon, or you have a relationship with the moon. If you are, if you don't know, if you don't feel much, um, if you feel it's like, okay, but not as cool as the sun, maybe. <laughs> or if you just don't feel much at all, then that it probably, that always always signifies the strength of your relationship with the celestial body, right? Hmm. So if you already are watching different phases of the moon and doing like all types of yoga flows and mantras, etc., etc., or if you like wear moonstones, you know, and collect with, connect with the energy of the moon anyhow, you probably have a good relationship. You can also look at your relationship with your grandma. How close is it? and specifically the most important grandma to look at is on your mom's side but your dad's side is okay also right do you have a good relationship do you feel unconditionally loved by them do you feel like you can give your unconditional love to them do you feel close to them or little bit farther removed do you feel supported by them no matter what hmm. do you feel like you are the grandchild that they've always wanted or do you feel like they had some need to change you? Or do you feel like they were always picking on you? Or maybe they were too stern? Because those are great indicators of your relationship with the moon.
1: That's so interesting because uh, it's for some reason it feels like there has been some like discreditation of the moon. You know, like how it was... I don't know. Shown in a negative light, kind of.
0: Well, yes, of course. You know why? No. Well, because the darker forces on this planet and in in this galaxy would prefer for the Milky Way to fail its mission. So they would prefer for the flip into Divine Feminine to not happen. And for that... If you basically divide Gaia and moon energies and put a split in between them, mm-hmm. then Gaia cannot complete her mission because she is yet in her adolescent state and she needs a mentor right now. So if you mess up, kind of like, in the same way, like, like witches at one point, point got bad reputation, right? Yeah. Or like healers that knew the herbs were like labeled witches you know if you label that which can turn the tides and make that into something bad then you in essence break that connection between every being on the planet and the moon yeah so you break their connection or some uh facet of their connection with the divine feminine
1: because i think that even like a lot of people think that this moon rituals are not light kind of rituals because it's well, all the of night.
0: witchcraft is supposed to be are is, is arguably bad and a lot of people were burned at the stake for for witchcraft. Now, yeah. I'm not gonna be the one to tell you that there is no black magic, but I'll tell you that there is there are blood moon rituals, and that's black magic. But true lunar. Rituals are incredibly light. It's white magic at its purest. Now, of course, the energy of the moon being the energy, like an energy form, can be tapped into for multiple purposes, if that makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Right? Yeah. In the same way, like the energy of, of the crystal, like you can have, imagine having the most powerful crystal in the entire galaxy, in your arms. If you have a dark soul, you're going to use it for bad. If you have light soul, you're going to use it for good, quote unquote, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a tool and an instrument. And depending on which hands wield the instrument, the purpose and intent of that changes, right? Mm-hmm. The energy of the moon is, is wieldable because it's fully donated to this planet. It's fully given by the spirit of the moon to this planet for learning purposes. In And in, in can you mess it up? Absolutely. And, and do people mess it up all the time? Absolutely. But this is also a planet that's, you know, dwelling in a lot of darkness right now. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out how we can shed some light on this uh, topic, right? How... The moon is actually, is very light and can be used for positive things, right?
0: What it stands for and the spirit that embodies it is incredibly ancient. And it's a healing energy for this planet. There has been many, and I almost don't want to go there. There have been many attempts to destroy the moon. And even replace its body completely. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It has been replaced two times. Meaning that the moon originally, like the actual planet that was originally formed, was replaced twice.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: By organisms. That will remain to be nameless in this particular episode. However, the intent... Of this ancient spirit of the moon is so strong that it can embody even that which now represents that planet mm. that object that you guys call the moon is still inhabited by this ancient spirit so no matter how much because she's like the software and the planet itself is like the hardware and they've tried to mess with the hardware to trying to break that connection mm-hmm. with the divine feminine yeah but this spirit is so strong that the software just kept getting uploaded in the in the hardware anew. Because yeah. that, that spirit is that strong and its commitment to Gaia is that strong. So outside of completely blowing the entity of the moon up, they can't break that connection.
1: Hmm. Okay. So and in essence, it's ancient, wise, helping, Light energy, right?
0: Yes. Now, there are all kinds of extraterrestrials that have moon bases. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's not confuse that with the energy of the moon. The moon,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Because uh, there are all kinds of parasitic entities that live on humans too. Right. Energy and otherwise. It doesn't make the human anything else other than itself unless the parasite takes over right yeah so you still retain no matter how many parasites live on you i'm pardon for like a very morbid analogy but you still retain who you are until you don't yeah right so your soul is still there like it's your energy same with the moon in other ways do they know that this is like why are they targeting the moon because it's a thing that they know can really turn the tides around on the solar system slash galactic level it's a threat from that perspective because it is a tool for light so it will always be targeted there you have it Mm -hmm. and it has been targeted very effectively
1: yeah that's why it has this reputation right
0: well part of it is also false information misinformation yeah. Like the rest on this, on this planet. There's all kinds of false information about all kinds of celestial entities. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this is just part of the same plan. Because if we can disinform, if the humanity remains uninformed about the power of something, they are not going to use that tool to their benefit. And if they are not going to use the tool, they're weaker. If they're weaker, they're easier to control. So the same entity that's entities, should I, should I say, energies that are seeking to control humanity through every which way possible, from food to entertainment to everything else that you're consuming, right, media, to vaccinations, <laughs> not to go there, but, you know, the same entity is spreading the misinformation about what the moon is and what it stands for.
2: Mm-hmm
1: yeah yeah that's why it's important yeah to to kind of show that it's light yeah awesome yeah thank you so much for uh giving all this information to us today and uh, now i'm going to end our session
0: thank you so much for listening to conversations with my higher self podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at self.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.